Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Frields. And I'm Dave Guzman. And this is Practical Base, where each week Dave and I pick a topic, uh, either submitted by our listeners or from our fevered brains, and we take it apart and look at it from different angles and try and present you with information that's going to help you take your gigs and your gear to the next level. You can find us easily on the web at practicalbase.com. You can send us feedback straight from the website. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a uh, public group there as well. You're welcome to join and interact with the community. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, all the socials, all the Twitters, as they say, in, I just saw Logan mm-hmm. Lucky, and the guy was like, I know mm-hmm. all the Twitters. <laughs> we're, we're on all the Twitters, Dave. <laughs> So yeah, look us up and, uh, you know, don't hesitate to share feedback with us, good or bad. Um, we read everything that comes to us. You can also email us, uh, if you just email, uh, podcast at practicalbase.com. you can email me and Dave directly that way. We love to hear from our listeners and, uh, sometimes they send us in, uh, topics and we cover those on the air as well. We love to get mail. Also, uh, if you'd like us to feature your mail, let us know. We'll, we read viewer mail as well. I'd love to do that again. It would be fun because then we could use that little, that little intro piece again. Yeah. Cause it's so fun. It is good. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about today, Dave? Today, we are going to talk about everybody's favorite pillow talk topic. Really? Taxes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, taxes. Okay. No, though, it's fun. It's it's a good time. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, so, yeah, we are really going to talk about taxes. We're not kidding. Um, Because this is something that's going to be important to any of you who are, you know, struggling with your taxes. Now, I think we, it is fair to point out this is going to be a slightly U.S.-centric episode, right? Because right. Because our tax situation is not going to be the same as anybody else's. That's true. Um, for those of us living in the U.S., I'm sure we consider it more unfair than everyone else's. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. So we're going to talk a little bit about how musicians deal with taxes at at different levels. Right. Um, maybe one thing we should point out at the very top is we are not tax professionals. That's true. We claim to be, I don't know, you're, you're kind of, mm. you're in the finance industry. So you know more yeah, but about it. Even than, more so like, like anytime I have to talk taxes, I have to disclaim like every seven seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good not point. a tax advisor. Very, I'm very good not point. A tax advisor. You are especially not a tax advisor. Yeah. Um, and I'm especially not anything related to taxes. I, You're a taxpayer. <laughs> I am a taxpayer. That, that's that where makes it you ends. a pro. That's where it begins and ends, my friend. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of things that we could talk about on this topic that are at least just a matter of bringing things up for topic Yeah. to just for you to kind of consider, think about, and then consult your tax advisor. Yeah. We can at least give you some tips mm-hmm. on things that are good habits to have if you're right. going to be filing your taxes and you know doing anything with regard to music income. Um, and Dave, maybe this is a good place for you to maybe tell the story about this year for you because it was yeah. kind of a, like a tipping point for you in taxes. Yeah. So we 
um, my wife and I, usually we do our own taxes, right? Like that's just a thing that we do. And, and actually I'm the one that usually does it because I like getting into it, but it's a process. It's like, like the first session of it. And I call them sessions because I go in and then I, I just have to like tap out and then get like a clear brain, come back another day, hammer at it. But normally we just use, you know, whatever store-bought software, kind of hammer through that way. And I take as much, you know, track of information that I do, whatever. This year I decided I'm actually going to see a tax professional, um, not a CPA, but a tax professional, like someone that prepares it, that works with businesses. Just because you decided, like, look, it's just getting to this point of being too time-consuming. Too time-consuming and kind of... I think with anything, like with taxes, you feel like sometimes you're just not sure where that line is. Yeah. Because it's not so cut and dry. No, I feel like that all the time. I had a whole thing happen this year where I sat down because I thought I had done something wrong on my taxes and it didn't occur to me until until after I'd filed. And so I thought I was going to have to file an amendment. Like that's where you come back and you basically tell the government – Hey, I made a mistake yeah. and it might be in their favor or it might be in your favor. And the rules for whether you have to do it or not are based on a lot of different details. Anyway, right. it turned out I thought I'd made a mistake and I had not. And that's yeah. good. That's a better place to be in sure. than thinking you were fine and then only finding out later the hard way that you made a mistake. Like the yeah. government sends you a letter and says – we're pretty sure you made a mistake here and here's how you're going to fix it, right? Yeah, at, with like a 20% penalty. And guess what? We're going to watch you from now until your death. Right. Like now you're on like Auditville. Right. You know, so these are, there's, there are some scary things that can happen with it, which is why like for me, I thought I'm just going to go ahead, get it, get someone to actually do it. And it was super cool. Like, first of all, the time was like 20 minutes. Yeah. That was it. Twenty but minutes. You did in. a twenty-minute interview with this person, basically. Yeah, like, and then you I just had to left come, them stuff. Yeah, and I just left them stuff. From a price point perspective, like what you end up paying with some of these softwares that are, you know, online or whatever, you know, just your common like yeah. tax prep stuff. If you're if you're filing a uh, a Schedule C, which is basically like business income, yeah, to yourself or yeah. to a sole proprietorship, then basically you're. Like the amount that you pay after you pay for the filing is not like not that much less than what you would pay if you just go to a tax preparer. Yeah. Like someone who has the experience who works with businesses all year long. Yeah. I mean, I know I paid something like, I want to say I paid like $180 or something all told for all the tax software. Yeah. I and paid I, less. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, and yeah. It's just yeah here right there lesson number one That's we it. already delivered value to everybody like if you're yeah. doing what I do you might be better off sitting down with somebody and spending twenty minutes and less than one hundred and eighty dollars as opposed to the hours that I spent with my hundred and eighty dollars of software right so. and the stress that you put on yourself the cool thing was like and I won't get into the weeds of it but. You know, there were a lot of areas that I was missing in previous years as far as like right offs yeah. are concerned where the rules are like somewhat loose. Yeah. And I just was not sure if I could or if I couldn't. Yeah. And I didn't have to make that determination. I just had to give her the information. Right, right. And what's even better is then I took this 
like that opportunity to sit down with her and kind of prep what I'm going to do for the year going forward so that next year- To make your situation as easy and cool as possible. Yeah. And now I'm in like, I feel like I'm taking more of a proactive role toward tax time. Yeah. Because the beauty of it is that if you do, if making mu, if, you know, if making a playing music is not like your nine to five, having that in your taxes actually is a benefit. Yeah. Because yeah. believe it or not, we spend a ton of money on our toys. Yes, we do. Which you find out if you start tracking it, you see all the little things add up Yeah, over time. And that's, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, I think you just put your finger on another, maybe another um, aspect to the way that we're focusing this episode. Um, you know, there are people out there, I'm sure, who are listening and they're thinking, uh, you know, or maybe they're not anymore at this point. They've already, <laughs> the minute we said taxes, they turned off. <laughs> for, the, for the rest of you, um, you know, I know there are people out there who may not be um, figuring taxes at all in their musical work. Like, I'm not exactly sure how you do that, but I know there are ways you can get away with that. One way is if you're always able to be paid cash under the table, then, you know, that's, that's something that is not really recorded as far as you know, although, you know, you don't know what the venues are doing in keeping their books right, and what that means. So it's a, it's kind of a dangerous situation to be in. And, you know, there are plenty of situations where people will go and, and do gigs and then, you know, just wait until you get your first surprise of getting, you know, a phone call from yep. a venue that you've worked for in, during the year. And they say, Hey, can I get your address? Right. right. And what they're doing is they want to mail a 1099 form to you. And for people who are not up on the tax lingo, the 1099, this particular 1099 mm-hmm. is a form that businesses are required to fill out for anybody to whom they pay more than $600 during the course of the year, yep. they have to send a 1099 into the government showing we paid this person this much money. And of course, they want to do it because that's a write-off for them, right? right? They paid that to somebody and they can take a business deduction for it. So of course, they're going to do it if they can, right? Right. So you're going to receive a copy of that. That's part of the the way that works as well. And so- you know, when you get that call, you're like, oh man, this means I've got to file taxes on it. I mean, I would say if you're at the point where you're doing real gigs like that, it should be clear to you that you need to be filing taxes. And I'm not talking about anything about like, oh, moral duties or legal obligations or anything like that. It's in your best interest because mm-hmm. what you're going to find in a lot of cases is that you are, you're not going to owe much when you when you do this right and if you if you figure it in as a business there are some really great ways that you can actually figure those in so that you know you may end up not really paying taxes or even getting a refund for a year right because of the amount that you ended up spending on your on your this business of making music versus what you brought in right and and that stuff is fair it's fair to do that because you know playing music itself is an economic venture mm-hmm. you're adding to the local economy by being out there right yep and it costs you real money to do it right your mileage on your car supplies promotional costs whatever you're paying money to do this mm-hmm. it's not just gravy that you're making right 
So that that is one category of people who, you know, maybe by the end of this will convince them that it's not really such a big deal. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you got the pros, right? Right. And, you know, if you're out there making music day in and day out, that is your gig, playing gigs, teaching classes, mm-hmm. writing, publishing, whatever. If that is what you do, you're probably not going to learn anything here, right? You should have a tax professional already. If right. you don't, you're crazy, I think. Right. So what we're really aiming for is that middle section, right? Mm-hmm. There are a million levels of amateurs and semi-pros out there. And, you know, these are people who've been gigging a while. Like it's more than maybe just a hobby or maybe it is a hobby or it's more than a hobby, but it's not your main income. Right. Um, it's something that you do in order to be able to, you know, kind of finance your your love of right. music. And that's kind of where we're going to concentrate. Correct. Um, and I know, you know, for both Dave and me, this is the place where we sit, right? That kind Mm -hmm. of semi-pro area. That's kind of where, that's our comfort zone. That's where we live. Um, you know, and from my perspective, I think I finally took the plunge a few years ago of starting to file, you know, you know, that all those things that you would do for self-employment. Right. And I got into it mainly because the tools were there to make it easier. Yep. So the things that I use right now, I use um, QuickBooks Self-Employed on my phone. It oh. tracks the miles that I drive as long as I have my phone with me, which of uh-huh. course I do all the time. I have my cell phone. So it tracks miles that, that I drive if, if, I, if I want it to. Um, it tracks checking and credit card accounts for me so I can categorize everything that comes in or out of those accounts. As, right. As being, you know, is this personal or is this business related? Yep. Um, you know, and just to be clear, there are better ways to do that. Like you can establish separate accounts for all these things. And that is a fine way to do things. Right. I have not done that. There are other people who do. And again, as long as you're clear about categorizing those things and you know, which part of the income is for this, what's for that. Right. You're better off than, you know, guessing you never want to do that when it comes to taxes. Yep. And the last thing is it fits well with the TurboTax yep. product as well, like the self-employed. And, I, and like I said, I use software. I use the TurboTax software yep. for that. And it does cost more, but I know by using the software, I've definitely saved hundreds of dollars over trying to figure it out myself with just paper instructions and a pen and yeah, you know how I used to do years and years ago before those things were available. Yeah. So you that's know, actually great yeah. because, and you know, in previous years, I basically would just have one dedicated account just for anything music. And so I could always check back like come January and I just kind of like weed through each month, yeah. kind of say, okay, this was that, that was this, what was that expense? What was this deposit that was made? Let me pull up an image of the check. Very manual, but I at least like had record of where everything was going. Yeah kind of more work than it needed to be. Yeah. And this year, I'm just doing it on an Excel sheet, more of like a general ledger style. Yeah. Right? Like I'm just yeah. recording everything manually, but after any sort of like musical cost event. Like if I yeah. just bought something, uh, just go to Excel, yeah. boom. Yeah. If I just got paid for something, boom, these are the people that I paid out. This right. is how much I paid them out. Right. Just kind of like notate all these things. Was it cash? Was it check that came in? But to have it more on an automated system, especially the mileage thing, 
like that that gets tricky that's that's a really big deal for me is having the mileage thing mm-hmm. automatically happen now it does mean i have to weed through you know every time i you know take a ride to get gas in the car or go shopping or whatever for you know other things yeah you know, I have to weed through those but that's to me a small price to pay for that convenience and the nice thing about it is the app actually like it'll buzz me at the end mm-hmm. of the day usually you know around like whatever closing time hour is seven eight o'clock at night or something you know my phone will yeah. buzz at me and it's basically you know it'll be a, a notification saying hey you've got like f- two trips that you made today do right. you categorize these real quick so you don't you know you don't forget and Very it'll remind cool. you over time and uh, if you have things backing up so that you don't get to a point where you have to do like, you know, 200 of these things at a time. Yeah. So it's pretty huh. convenient. It's, it's a nice, that's a nice way to be able to do things. And the cool thing is that that QuickBook self-employed thing, like that's kind of a lower cost relative to the whole tax filing. Like if you wanted to just do that and still go to a tax professional, right. you could easily do that. And it also, you know, the other thing about it is it'll do reports for you. So you can have it print a report and email it to your tax professional. Right. Here's all the trips that I took that yeah. are business related. Right. So that's really cool. Um and I guess, you know, in talking about this, we're kind of we're kind of going into the area of what does it look like Mm-hmm. to track this stuff like what should you be what should you be cognizant of during the course of the year right like what are some examples um so the i think the the big picture is that it, for me the rule is anything that even comes close to an expense or income related to music record it Leave it to the tax advisor, right? Yeah, Whether yeah. they want to decide that it is a write-off yeah. or not. Yep. Um, and that includes, like, the obvious stuff for me is, like, the wear and tear stuff, the strings, if I'm getting work done on my bass or other instruments. If I'm buying technology that I'm using for music, yeah. even yeah. if it's recording stuff, studio stuff, for me, all of my music stuff stays in the basement, right? Yeah. It's pretty much what my basement is for, that and for hanging out. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, it's the same way here at the lovely Practical Bass Studios. The bass, the Practical Bass Pad. <laughs> um, anything that I have in my basement more or less be, like at least hits that category where I tell my tax advisor, I use this. right. Whether it hits that line or not, that's they I, can figure it. They out. can figure it yeah. out, right? So I yeah. don't have to make that call. Yeah. But you know, some of the interesting things I think are like the any technology that you may use personally. Yeah. But also from a if you're like if you have an iPad, you yeah. know that you purchase. Yeah. That you're using mostly for music. I don't know what the percentages break out if you're using it personally, whatever the case is, but any of those pieces you can really start to look at as an expense because you bought it for the music. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that the key here is there are there you, if you have mixed use things like that's kind of the area, maybe where you want to consult your professional, there are ways that the IRS lets you kind of divvy up certain things by percentage. Right. Like if you have a room in your house, that is purely used for music, only used for music ever, right? That's part of your music business. Yep. Then you may be able to make it, a, you may be able to do a deduction 
uh, based on the square footage of that room compared mm-hmm. to the overall square footage of your house. Like if you have a 2000 square foot house and a 100 square foot, like 10 by 10 room where all your music stuff is. And the only thing you do in that room is ever music related. Like you're not yeah. using it for, you know, childcare or sewing or I don't know, bottled water storage or something. Oh yeah. Then, you know, that's 5% of the square foot of your footage of your house. And that's deductible. Right. Um, you know, when, against your, you know, what you're paying on your mortgage. Right. Um, you know, and some other, some other obvious things, mileage on your car, when you drive back and forth to a gig, that mm-hmm. mileage has a cost associated with it. It's like a certain number of cents per mile. I don't know what it is this right. year, but it's pretty much up. It's like 30 some cents, I think. Mm-hmm. And that is something you can, that you can count as a cost. Yep. Driving to rehearsals. Exact same thing. Drive back and forth to a rehearsal. If it's music related, yep. you can do that. If you're going to a party and you happen to pick up a guitar, maybe that's iffy. But if you're right. going for, you know, for business reasons, something directly business related, like say you have to drive to the copy shop to make a bunch of flyers for next week's gig, mm-hmm. that's deductible. Right. <laughs> the cost that you paid for the flyers is deductible. Right. Because those are also expenditures. Strings, you mentioned strings, cables that you have to replace. Yeah. Maybe you needed to buy a tuner. Maybe you needed to buy polish to keep your instrument looking good. Mm-hmm. These maybe, are all maybe you needed to buy a new pedal. A new pedal. Yeah. It's a like piece you of you needed that pedal. And I mean, it even goes to the point of you buy a bass, that the cost of that bass may be deductible. Now it may the way you deduct that may change because there's like certain cutoffs for like the amount the amount above which you get into all sorts of things like depreciation. Like, is this something, if you're going to be keeping it for like 20 years and it costs you three grand, you know, you may actually have to depreciate that. I don't, again, I don't know the ins and outs of that. Which is still good. But that's still a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you just, it's, and and that's why for me, like having everything just in one separate account and it's not a business account, it's just a separate account. Everything, music, is all there in all one there. place. Yeah. Oh, food. Food. That was another thing. If you go to a venue, I found that out. I, I didn't realize this. I found this mm. out this year, or no, last year, that if you go to a venue that is far enough from home, I, I don't remember what the radius is, but it's mm-hmm. like, if it's far enough from home and the timing was such that it was not reasonable that you could have eaten dinner at home before you left, right. your food is a cost that's deductible. Um, what you cannot deduct are drinks. You can't deduct alcohol. That is, that's a, a no, 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 but the food is, um, and again, I know we're not tax professionals. I, you know, I feel comfortable with this part because, you know, I read these IRS articles so many times and that's the nice thing about them is those yeah. things were very clear about things that you could deduct. The answers, some of them are there. Mm-hmm. I think the, the real wisdom in having a tax professional is that they, know the gray areas better like these are black and white but then you have gray areas like you said like an an ipad that you bought or what if i don't know what if you you know you bought a computer Mm -hmm. and you're using it partly for your home studio maybe part of that is deductible you know you would talk to your tax advisor it might be maybe all of it is right yeah but those are situations where having that professional really can help but the the point is they are going to be able to help you to the extent that you can tell them what you did during the year. Yeah. Right. And because that's where 
when I was working with the tax advisor, that's where she threw her hands up in the air. She was like, I could do a lot more for you. Like, I was amazed at how much, but that she said, I could do a lot more for you, but you have to help me out next year. Yeah, you have to have, like, come with these records or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if not, then they're just like, I can give them the dollar amounts, but if it's not so formalized, they just know the line. They're like, okay, yeah. well, you can write this off. You can write that off. And you trust that, like, okay, they've been through the process long enough. They know what's, like, feasible. And I'm not making numbers up. I'm actually like, leaning more conservatively. Yeah, yeah. But it's that if I really start thinking about and tallying up all the other things that are outside, you know, just the bass or just the strings. Yeah. It it adds up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it even it got to the point this year where the automated tools I was using, the, the computer software mm -hmm. asked me about the vehicles that I was driving. Uh-huh. Um, you know, up to wow. the point of like, how much are you using these for business versus personal use? And it could even tell, okay, well, versus the value of the car, like here's here's what that means. Right. It was it was kind of impressive how much it knew about the situations and how to ask questions about it, which was really cool. But I still I still feel like going to a human would give me a little more um certitude. I still feel like when I'm mm. running the software that I'm doing a lot of the work and the and answering the questions myself. Yeah. And I'm not sure I I thought of everything. And the software, it'll go pretty far. Like it definitely will get you it'll save you money. You'll, you know, you'll deduct things that you didn't think about. Sure. But I'm not sure it goes all the way. And I don't think it could go as far as a human good. Yeah. Like when you get to the point of any of those softwares where like at the end and they ask you for like, I don't know. 30 or $40 more. If you hit this button, yeah, you get the audit protection. And I, I hit that yeah. last year because there was some gray area in there. I wasn't quite sure about. And I yeah. thought, why am I, why, why am I like, am I flagging myself? I'm like, well, just in case I did this totally wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now you won't know that I did it. Uncle Sam. I would hope that they're not passing that on, but you know, but you never know. And that's, I think they yeah. prey on the, you know, the fear that the people fear. have that we don't know what we're doing because the tax code is so complicated. Right. You know, insert, uh, you know, random rant here about, you know, flat tax or whatever. But, right. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. But, and it changes a lot. And, and you know, I won't get into this piece of it, but there's there are a lot of tax changes yeah. in the U.S. that went, that happened in 2017. Yeah, and we're going to... And a lot of it is like self-employed stuff. Yeah, and it's stuff that is going to, you know, we're going to find out what that means the next time we file taxes because those things are going to start this year. You know, they're starting in calendar year 2018. And right. when we file taxes in early 2019, that's when we're going to figure out, like, what does all this mean? Right. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. So getting you know, back to the, the point of records, I mean, that you, I think you hit it on the nose that like the most important thing you can do is keep good records. Now, if you want to separate mm -hmm. accounts, that I think is probably, if you don't want to use a bunch of other stuff, that at least will make a clean break between everything else you do in your life yep. and your music stuff. And it should make it easier to tell as long as you're really careful about, hey, I'm only going to write checks from this account for music stuff. I'm only yeah. going to put deposits in there for music stuff. That really makes things easier. 
Um, you can do a like a ledger. You mentioned that you use a Excel like yep. spreadsheet. I use Google Sheets, and so you know, yep. if my computer blows up, those things are all in the cloud. Um, yeah. And I keep a ledger of like things that I've bought and what I'm doing with with you know income that's coming in. An app helps, like we mentioned before, like you know the QuickBooks or something like that. Um, the point is, I think, just make sure you know. Oh, and also like mileage, keeping a mileage. Uh, if it's not in an app, like keep a notepad in your car where you can mm-hmm. write your mileage down and you have to make that right. a habit, you know? Yes. Um, but make sure you know where to find these records, put your hands on them so that like when January 1st or February 1st rolls around and you know, we all have to start thinking about taxes, um, you can kind of jump into action. You just, Hey, I'll just pull out my folder or, you know, I pull up this document or whatever. Yeah. You print those things out, you bring them to your tax professional, or you sit down with your software and you have everything right there. The, the key is if yeah. you do that, you will be surprised at how much it makes sense to file taxes uh, on on your musical work, um, especially if you're getting yeah. more than, you know, I'd say a couple, if it's more than a couple times a year, it's probably worth it. Yeah. Oh, and also if... Yeah, if you're making money on gigs, yeah, and you're paying people out, absolutely. If you, if you have a band, you have people in your band. Just make sure you're on the same page. This is it's it's a courtesy, yeah. just as just as anno- as as it is annoying for, you know, if you're a musician that's just kind of like winging it from a financial standpoint. Yeah. There's plenty, you know. It's just that like for that situation when you get that call in November or December can I get your social and your address yep. like you were mentioning yep it's kind of a kick in the stomach yeah because all of a sudden you start thinking about how much money they paid you yeah that you paid out your people yeah like they paid you oh we you know maybe we paid you like three thousand dollars over the year and you're like yeah but I only saw like 2400 of that or something yeah and that's not something you can just you can't like say, oh, okay, of this three thousand dollars, I'm only I gonna, really only got I'm only gonna claim one thousand. Yeah. That's like I'm not only gonna, how it works. Yeah, you can't just write a different number in because yeah. that three thousand is what goes to the IRS. Right. And if they see that you're saying one thousand, but their record shows three thousand, that is a flag. And yeah, they can't like they can't come after everybody, but the chance goes up astronomically when that happens. So yeah, yeah, you just you want to do the right thing here, and, and yeah, like and then said, so then notify. communicate, yeah, yeah, to your bandmates, like, hey, you know, I've I'm getting my like financial life yep. straight with with the music stuff. If if I'm paying you out more than you know whatever six hundred for the year, upon my tax advisor's advice or whatever your tax advisor says, like they they're. they're they're in turn going to get a 1099 yeah. for the money that I'm you I'm going to give them. you a 1099 for that. Here's what I paid you over the course of the year and you're going to have to claim it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. You know, I think the 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 ins and outs of tax law are really complicated and they change mm-hmm. year to year, so, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, you know, maybe some of this advice will be stale, but I think the advice that is never stale is talk to a tax professional. They can really help you and, you know, don't ignore paying taxes and taking deductions because, you know, ultimately you're going to probably be better off in a lot of cases. Yep. Um, If not simply for making, you know, a little bit of refund back, even if you end up paying, you're going to be 
safe and not worried about a situation where, you know, there's a knock on your door or a phone call or a letter that you really don't want to get from the IRS. Right. So having said that, <laughs> um, you know, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll probably wrap up our non-advice advice here, right? Remembering that Dave and I, neither one of us are tax advisors or professionals by any means. Yeah. Talk to a professional, et cetera, et cetera. We're we were just lawyers. joking this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. This whole thing. Was a joke. <laughs> it was not a joke, but but it was yeah some serious talk today about about money and yeah and uh, we hope you enjoyed it and if you if you like this episode if you didn't like this episode if you have questions follow ups we would love to hear from you an easy way is to email us just email podcast at practicalbase.com. Those emails go straight to Dave and me. We read everything that we get. We would love to respond to you. And if you have suggestions for topics, we'd love to hear those too. Um, If you'd like to get in touch with us in other ways, you can do that. There is a contact form on our website, which is practicalbase.com. You can also find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, on, on, uh, I think even on Google Plus, if anybody uses that anymore. And most importantly, please uh, subscribe to and share this podcast with your friends, not just bass players, but other musicians who might be interested in some of these topics. We do try and cover uh, not just bass-specific topics, but things that are important to bassists as musicians. So we would love it if you would share this with people and tell them to subscribe as well. You can find us on the Apple Podcasts app or on iTunes on your Mac computer. You can find us on Google Play Music on virtually any platform or Stitcher Radio or any of a number of other podcatching apps out there. Just search for Practical Bass and when the link comes up, you can subscribe and you'll get a fresh episode delivered to you every week without uh, lifting a finger. It's a wonderful, wonderful world we live in. So we hope to hear from you guys soon, and we hope you've enjoyed uh, our, our talk today, and that you'll tune in next week for our next action-packed episode. Until then, I'm Paul Freels. And I'm Dave Guzman. And this has been Practical Base. Thanks for listening. couple of guys at the bar telling tax stories talking taxes welcome to talking taxes <laughs> i'm larry and i'm taxi <laughs> Taxi. that's what they call me <laughs> taxi the tax talker oh god <laughs> what are we even doing here? <laughs> how many episodes is this <laughs> we should do this taxes the two-part series <laughs> season 24 <laughs> yeah they kind of gone downhill ever since season 18 <laughs> where 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 paul got the lobotomy <laughs> and dave had lumbago <laughs>